I'm not getting targeted by any of this advertising. I'm just gonna let you know. It's a lot of like anti-wrinkle creams. And <laughs> this is what I miss about just regular advertising is they didn't really give a crap what your demo was. <laughs> They're just like, you're seeing this commercial no matter what. And so I miss out on a lot of things because you know, I'm not- Everything's curated. You know, everything's so curated. And I'm like, I probably really would have enjoyed an Ikea fort. You don't know. That's Heidi Waldusky, associate publisher at AdAge, describing how sanitized our social feeds have become in the age of digital curation. Welcome to Uncooked, a podcast serving up raw insights for marketers as we hear the unfiltered truth from industry experts, brands, and the target audiences we serve in their own words. I'm your host, Jacqueline Lieberman, and today on Uncooked is my guest, Heidi Waldusky. She is an ex-colleague of mine from our past ad agency life, and now I'm lucky enough to call her my dear friend. I decided to bring you something a little different today. The backdrop for my conversation with Heidi was Trend Hunter's 2021 Trend Report. If you don't know Trend Hunter, definitely check them out. It was founded by Jeremy Goucher, and it's the largest trend community powered by big data, humans, and AI, and they basically identify consumer insights and trends. It's a very cool marketing tool for strategy geeks like me. But I threw some of these trends out at Heidi to get her take on things like robot retail, appointment-only shopping, branded merch, and even some at-home fitness trends. Heidi is a brilliant marketer with a strategic creative mind, and now she's doing her thing at AdAge. Yep, she's a total baller. All right, let's dig in. I don't know why, but every time I started thinking about 2021 or I would read something about marketing trends, I kept thinking about doing some sort of show with you, my dear friend, <laughs> Heidi Waldusky. And I don't know why, because I feel like every time I read something, I was like, what would Heidi think about this? <laughs> oh my goodness. And then I was thinking about, well, in full disclosure, I feel like sometimes this is how I make decisions in life to begin with. It's like, so if there's an important decision, it's like, so what would Heidi do? <laughs> I'm going to do the scratch. Yeah. I've Googled nothing. I've not read one prediction for 2021. I don't even know. Is it 2021? I think it is. It is officially. I, I'm fresh. Mm -hmm. I am a empty bowl ready to build. I love it. So some of these trends are squarely due to COVID, but some of them, when you start to think about it, it's like some of these things might be here to stay. I don't know. So okay. here, here's one with regard to shopping. So this is one-to-one -one retail. Stores are finding ways to serve one customer at a time to give safe experiences. It's basically about limiting the shopping experience to two people, the retail worker and the customer. Ooh. Yeah, the whole idea and the insight around it is supposed to be about personalization and being a consultant-based kind of thing. And it does range from luxury big ticket items to smaller normal things. But when I think about that, I have like severe anxiety. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I'm getting anxious just thinking about it. <laughs> See? I literally started itching a little bit because you now you go into a store and it's like being interviewed about like what you like and what you don't like. And I'm like, I don't know. It's a lot of pressure. It's the serendipity out of the browsing situation. 
Yeah, because imagine you walk in, you open up the door, and there's a human waiting for you, welcoming you. And it's not just like the welcome that you normally get is, I've been waiting for you. It's one o'clock and you're here. <laughs> oh my God, it's my worst nightmare. I know. That's what I think. I think so too. I mean, it's like really intensive date but then you're just going to have to pay for a bunch of stuff at the end of it. Not like you don't, if it's just a date, that's not excluding that because that is also how that goes. But I don't know. You got to really have some chemistry with that salesperson. And that's, mm. well, don't you think that I feel pressure to buy immediately? Cause I'm the only one in the store the whole time in the back of my head, I'm thinking about when's the next appointment. Who else is coming in that's waiting for me to make a decision? Who's coming in at 1.30? No, I totally agree. Can I just pay double to get out of this? Because then you would feel like maybe you're wasting the person's time. Are they working on commission? I start to build an entire backstory about this. Yes. They really need this commission. I'm really going to make it worth their time. What do I do? I really feel badly for them. It's a whole backstory. Like an indecisive middle-aged woman who's, I don't know what my favorite color is. I like all the colors. It's a lot of pressure. Because we're like pretty woman and there was like a tie and pizza involved and then they just wanted to dress me and do things. But that's the level of pampering. Yeah, that's a pampering thing. There's other trends called hyper-personalized fashion shopping. It's the same kind of idea. I hope the browsing experience isn't dead forever because of all of this nonsense. I mean, I have used a personal shopper before. Was it a robot by any chance? Because <laughs> that's the next trend. It was not a robot. It was a warm and lovely young man who helped me pick out. Because I was, I feel like sometimes you're at a crossroads, right? I don't know what my wardrobe needs to be anymore. Browsing has gotten overwhelming and now I need to find these other solutions. So that was great. But I think to your earlier point, it's I felt a tremendous amount of pressure to buy. And then what if I only pick out things that are on sale? Are they going to think I'm cheap? So it creates like a level of paranoia about self. Completely. That I don't know if I can handle. Yeah. But maybe yeah. if it were a robot. Yeah. Let's talk about robots. That's a whole nother trend called robot retail. So think Amazon smart shopping carts where the dash cart knows what shoppers purchase. And they run around a bunch of these crazy carts running around everywhere. Or think about no contact robotic restaurants where restaurants just kind of serving you. Or another example here in the report is bookstore assistance robots. So the robot carries books for browsing and purchasing to people. I mean, have they ever been in a small New York store where the aisleways aren't? I'm just envisioning a lot of robot collisions. <laughs> Me having to apologize for my robot <laughs> for running into someone. So first we're paying way too much money for somebody who we've given a backstory that's most likely fictitious because they're a personal shopper. Now we're just apologizing for robots who aren't even ours. I'm so sorry. He doesn't look like he's going. <laughs> he does this all the time. That's a total 180 from like being interviewed by a salesperson who wants to empathize and understand your every need and whim. <laughs> Versus like a dead-eyed robot. It's like, here's your tuna salad sandwich. Here's your sandwich. Eat it. Here's your sandwich. Hmm. I already have a problem with the human being picking out my asparagus. If I'm doing prime shopping through Whole Foods or whatever for delivery, 
I already don't love that experience to begin with. And then how is the robot going to make that better for me? I don't get that. I don't get that either. A robot does not know what a ripe avocado is. Yeah. I mean, when I think about safety, I think less about the employees and I think more about the other people entering the store. You know, I think most employees probably think of some sort of basic obligation they have to their customers. I don't know, the robot thing, I just don't think our technology is there yet. I do envision a lot of collisions with cards, to your point. Yeah, and it's probably also because I watched an old friend's episode last night where Joey was on a new show called Mac and Cheese and Cheese was a robot. (laughs) I don't think I saw that one. (laughs) It's just this very awkward sort of thing on wheels. I was like, "Mm, that's just, yeah, I I guess it depends like what kind of robot are we talking about? (laughs) All right, how about this one? This is about clothing specifically. So this is the marketplace is powered by AI. A smart luxury clothing and accessories marketplace harnesses the capabilities of AI measuring technology to offer accurate size recommendations so that customers can feel confident about placing their order without trying on the items. So basically you upload two images of yourself, a front profile and a side profile, and then AI gets to work calculating your measurements, basically. I'm going to reserve my opinion on this and let you just go. I don't think I've taken an above below torso shot of myself probably in two years. <laughs> I'm just kidding. A little bit, mostly, by the way. But the thought of documenting that and uploading it and having it be part of like someone's server. This is really, I mean, uh, I mean, I haven't been interested in accurate sizing in a long time. <laughs> Does the robot have my hips? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, can I just get, well, that would be a good idea. Like, what if I just get a robot built in my exact shape and then the robot can go in and try the clothes on for me. And then I don't have to like be confronted with my own measurements or sacks being like are you still a size black we've got oh my god no imagine that ecrm marketing campaign is like okay we're gonna email all the people from last year who said that they were this size of measurement and we're gonna say hey it's a new year new you are you still the same size oh my gosh and you just immediately delete it The last thing I need is like a subject line that being like, hey, size 14. (laughs) (laughs) It's a super sale Tuesday. Only for you. (laughs) It would just be a constant. I mean, this is the thing about fashion is it's nice to daydream and it's nice to browse and it's nice to to look at pretty clothes and imagine how they would look on you. Not Accurately. I don't need to know accurately. <laughs> I don't need an AI robot to give me that level of accuracy. I mean, I can see for like the really busy person who's like probably always the same size and likes more tailored fit and, you know, knows what they want. And that sounds <laughs> great. Who are those people? Show yourself. <laughs> Who are those people? But yeah, no, I don't, uh, don't want to upload that anywhere someone would have to take those photos for you so then you'd be like hey babe can you can you just come over here and give me a nice 360 because i'm going to upload my body shape into the computer so i can buy 
jeans. I don't know. Maybe risking a disease to go into the store to try it on sounds a lot more appealing to me. I know. And then you would have to know the drape of every fabric and the stretchiness of every fabric and who cuts narrow and who cuts wide. And that just seems like a lot of... Yeah, but maybe the robot figures that out for you. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of hopes on this robot. (laughs) It's the same robot, by the way, that got fired in the bookstore for slamming into people. They're now working in fashion. Yeah, robot that accidentally flipped himself upside down. You can't figure out how to get back up. What about branded loungewear? So Stouffer's debuted a lasagna-themed collection of comfy wear. Stouffer's & Co., the frozen prepared food brand beloved for its decadent hearty lasagna, recently released a limited edition of comfy wear that ranges from canoodling blankets to pasta palooza of cozy comfort wear. These hilarious items are the perfect stocking stuffer for the pasta enthusiast in your life. What say you? I'm- <laughs> <laughs> branded cpg loungewear now you know i'm good for that i said the same thing i applaud them for culturally relevant trying i do applaud them for that people do love some branded merch there's no doubt about that and you just you don't know what's going to resonate with people i mean i've been trying to get my hands on like a hallmark movie <laughs> watching christmas blanket like they're always sold out everywhere Or, you know, you can go on Amazon and get like ramen noodle inspired sweatshirts or things like that. Now, I've never met a Stouffer super fan, so I don't know if their audience is really ready for that kind of thing. But surely there is a segment out there somewhere, which is also the benefit of running a limited edition. Since Heidi brought up her love for Hallmark movies and their branded merchandise, I had to have my sweet little stepdaughter Jillian weigh in because she happens to also be a huge fan of the movies. It also just illustrates the vast age range that Hallmark is really catering to, starting from the tender age of 14 to Heidi's age, which is not 14. I have a serious question for you. I'm ready. How do you feel about Hallmark movies? (laughs) Specifically, how do you feel about Hallmark Christmas movies? Oh, I think I know where you got this from. I have to say, they're all the exact same. There is some sort of business executive from the city who's like, oh, I have to go back to my small town for Christmas. And then there they end up like saving the family business. And then they end up falling in love with like the high school sweetheart who had like some tragic backstory. Then there's like tears and there's like a montage of them being cute and like making cookies together. And then they kiss under the mistletoe and that's the end. They're Mm. all the exact same. And they're all called like, a Christmas prince or like home for Christmas or something with Christmas in the title. That's it. There's no Hanukkah representation. What's up with that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, supposedly their diversity was getting better, but. I hope so. I hope so. Thank you for your opinion on this important topic of Hallmark movies. Thank you for asking me. Let's talk about your pandemic eating experiences because one of the trends is about dining protection. Restaurants are adopting design solutions for dine-in experiences post-COVID. So I'll paint a picture for you. It looks like a glass gardening shed and there's a couple sitting in there for dinner. 
and a server standing outside of this glass shed. Hi. And it's called Isolated Dining Booths. And another one is Transparent Dining Barriers, Social Distancing Dining Shields, where you're actually sitting within like a shield eating your hamburger. The outdoor dining situation has been fantastic, right? I think restaurateurs have come up with really creative and ingenious ways of dining outside. And some of them are super cute, right? Because you want this cozy little dining experience where you can feel like you're having your own private dining room outside. Like what's not romantic and kind of exciting about that? Now, if it goes to where like, oh, we're just going to have dividers and it's super plasticky and, you know, we're just doing this thing. I mean, there still has to be some atmosphere to it, I think, to make it attractive to people. So from a safety standpoint, sure, I, I get it. And then when I go inside somewhere and I see that the businesses have been able to like put up plastic barriers and, and things like that, like it makes me feel good for them. Yeah. I'm like, I'm glad that you got a solution in place where you feel protected from like a public who's just spitting on you all the time. Every time they- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, can, you, can you say that one more time? <laughs> you feel protected from of like the public who's just spitting on you all the time accidentally just via talking like when I go into my UPS store I feel really glad for those guys because there's just a lot of people coming up there in the face well, have you seen the animated droplet videos of what leaves someone's mouth and how far it travels these droplets yes, I've seen that movie outbreak horrifying horrifying <laughs> whole thing is horrifying so that makes me feel really happy for them that they're protected by these barriers. But I don't know if, because also you have to sanitize that still. So the more plastic there is, the more plastic there is to be cleaned. And I know you understand that those the germaphobes. Who's going to wipe it down? Who's going to clean it? Are you, are you sanitizing it between diners? <laughs> I enjoy the hose motion that you're making. Thank you. So I think, yes. But I think it's also just depends on how it's implemented. If you're doing it and you're not cleaning it and it's not helping. But I also want those people to be protected. Yeah, I agree. Because I do feel like it's a lot for people. And, you know, we've dined out where there's a couple of restaurants here where when this server comes to your table outside, you they want you to put on masks. They want to approach your table if you're not masked. Whereas other restaurants, so there's no consistency. So maybe at the very least, if it helps establish some consistency, maybe that's good. But yeah. I think it depends. I agree. And it's expensive for restaurants. I know it's a whole nother level of cost and responsibility for them. And a lot of these servers don't even have health insurance. No. I'd love to see more consistency. Face shields for all of our servers mm-hmm. and these masks for all of our servers. And that type of consistency first, I think is probably really important versus let's mention the restaurants that we think they need to build individual plastic <laughs> dining things within their physical restaurant yeah. i mean i just don't that's a cost or a labor that people can afford to absorb right now i know i don't think diners should be necessarily demanding it either i don't know if that's fair right now really yeah because i'm like go eat outside eat outside eat outside it's new york it's 37 degrees <laughs> have a great dinner you guys <laughs> have a great have an amazing time so i think about that when i see people dining in glass garden sheds in this trend report. <laughs> And I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't. Like yeah. if this keeps continuing on, maybe I will. There's some really cute stuff happening in the city. People are really going out of their way to make sure it's something special. Mm. So you feel like it's actually a, a draw instead of a distraction, right? Like don't pay attention to the fact that you're outside. 
now it's actually like a thing oh look and so i think for new york it tends to work because it then it becomes a very like new yorky thing to do is to dine in a glass garden you know overlooking the hudson or something right i mean sometimes you're just in the middle of the street on second avenue because that's where the outdoor swimming is (laughs) the waving to the bus as it goes by with the buses like you know, with slush just like <laughs> slamming up against the size of your glass garden shed. But other than that, it's a great dining experience. I think now I probably would have liked some pre-COVID, you know, those like tiny little tables where you're sitting in someone else's lap. You want to stick a little <laughs> plastic barrier there. So the couple next to you isn't like hanging on your every word. Like that might be nice. <laughs> That's like less COVID, <laughs> more yeah. just like give me some personal space. What trends would you like to see? Like out of that list, do we feel like there's something missing? Oh, I was going to ask you, you started with, you might have a prediction of something and I would love to hear it. Oh my God. I don't know if I have a prediction for 2021. Oh, so you lied. That's okay. I think I did. That's all right. I mean, do you have a prediction? I don't know if I have a prediction. No, I really don't. I mean, a lot of these trends are all rooted in COVID in some way, shape or form that it's hard to separate the two because you're like, how many of these things are going to still remain? And I think a lot of them are. I don't want to touch things. I don't want to be around certain things in stores and just kind of the germaphobe thing I think is going to be like heightened. You're talking about yourself again. Yeah, I am. And I feel like that's not a good thing. I mean, it was okay for me, but to times that by millions of people, like no one wants that. I know, but maybe the problem is like not enough people were germaphobes and that's why we're in. <laughs> we should have we're in. You know, that's a really good point. And so people were like, nah. Yeah, you know, that's uh, a really good point. Running around being like, just cough right on me. Just right into me. <laughs> right in here. I always find the conversation so interesting that basically what they're saying is talking about two to three years of innovation compressed in nine month period. Mm-hmm. I think what it does do is give a lot of permission for experimentation. Agreed. And there are just some basic necessities. Yes, we talk about hygiene and yes, we talk about cleanliness. But when it comes to like basic practices, I can see definitely like grocery stores, restaurants, whatever being like, no, this is actually like a really good idea. (laughs) Right. Not only does it keep our employees safer and less sick you know, keeps our customers safe too. So from a pure, the healthier and more productive my employees can be like the less sick time I have to pay out and the less workforce that I'm losing and the healthier my employees are. It's like, these are all good things. That's just basic where innovation needs to go. So yeah, I'm into that. I'm still on the fence about the robots because I'm on the fence about the robots too. But you know, I was just looking at my list. There's one that we did not talk about that I can't believe we didn't talk about it. It's called the at-desk workout. Oh my God, I need this so bad. Yeah. <laughs> so they're showing stationary bikes or treadmills with spaces for a laptop. So the case that they're making is that we're working from home now. So our day is one big blur. So instead of people taking time to work out at home, which obviously at home workouts are on the rise, but this is, I have a laptop and I'm walking on the treadmill. Or I have a laptop and I'm on a stationary bike. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. 
So I saw Al Roker has one of these. I don't know if he still has it. Years ago, they were doing a tour of Today Show offices or whatever. And there was Al, you know, like he's like walking and typing and whatever. I would actually probably appreciate one of those, but you couldn't be doing anything. You'd have to be just like on the phone. You can't be putting together a new business deck. <laughs> I just don't have that kind of hand-eye brain formation. I would actually like to see some research on this because, you know, they talk about how a lot of the success of our jobs relies on our ability to go into the zone and focus and think, and yes, multitask, but like when you're in the zone and you're creating, you have to be able to kind of like punch it out. So I just don't know if my brain is capable of doing both of those things at once. So as long as, you know, like, listen, if I'm just taking a quick call and I'm walking, sure. I don't know if the walking desk or the bike desk or whatever it is just further blurs the line of don't ever take any time for yourself just work just work the whole day and the whole night you don't even need to make time for a workout anymore (laughs) oh my god you're so right it's like just sit at at your desk for literally 18 hours and then they're gonna have like the instapot treadmill with the chopping a cutting board so i just put all my ingredients i chop it all up i don't even have to there's just no separation of any activity i was actually looking at one of these things it was an infomercial for a little peddler and again it was basically for like 80 year olds who walk nowhere so it was like get those legs moving and then i was like maybe i need one of those to put under my little <laughs> work at home setup and what like, is it i think it was supposed to replicate bike but you're sitting in it like a stationary oh, yes bike, like, okay these little pedals that were supposed to kind of replicate that but it was just a pedal like it's not a wheel <laughs> well, i don't really and like everybody a really good ankle workout maybe right that's exactly what I thought my ankles are gonna be after this but everybody who started in the commercial was older but for a minute there I thought I should get one because I'm just sitting all day and then I was like what you could also do for free is just stand up out of the chair and then maybe actually just do some stretches with your human body instead of buying something that also seems like a good idea Once you realize this apparatus were really for chair-bound people. Yeah, if only I had something. You're like, yes, they're called arms and legs. Just oh don't let it use them. Oh my God. I know, you're like, I'm going to get my ankles beach body ready. Like, you don't even know what these ankles can do. As soon as I'm allowed to walk outside again, get ready. Oh my God. Oh, my stomach hurts. But that's how they get you. That's how they get you. I know. We're in the business of doing that to people. Whether or not we dine in glass garden sheds, proudly wearing our Stouffer's lasagna merchandise, it's safe to say that the trends of this year are really just beginning to take shape. So I'll be keeping an eye out for things and how they evolve and shape our behaviors and bring it right back to you here. This has been an episode of Uncooked. I'm Jacqueline Lieberman, founder and chief strategist at Brand Crudo, a marketing consultancy. You can learn more about what we do at brandcrudo.com. I want to thank my dear friend Heidi Waldusky from AdAge for her fresh take on 2021 trends and for making me laugh a lot. 
If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this episode. It's the only way the podcast reaches new people. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening.